0: guys did good things great effort from the bullpen today excellent innings from everybody homie milner's been outstanding here despite a bunch of losses in the stretch
1: he's really good today and thought the key to the game really this is where wisconsin gathers to talk sports packers brewers badgers bucks the wisco sports show is on the air here's your host grant bills
2: You know the scene in Arrested Development where Tobias is trying to join the Blue Man group, and he thinks he's found a Blue Man group, so he paints himself blue, and he goes to what is a support group. It's a group for blue men, men who are feeling blue, and there's this quick shot of him standing behind the podium, painted blue, obviously very out of place, and he just says, I feel like an effing idiot, and then it cuts out. That's how I feel at work today. Um, a Quick story, if I may. Uh, I, I know we need to get to the Brewers. They're on a hot streak. Uh, they're on a winning streak. One and zero since that since that big losing streak. Um, but quick story first. I walked to work, and I walked to work this morning right before a big rainstorm hit, or as it was hitting. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna wear my I'm gonna wear my sandals. Uh, I have a, a pair of Tevas. They're not chacos, but I like them a lot. Uh, and I wear them fishing. I wear you know they get dirty. I hike in them. I wear them in the river, whatever. And it started raining on my walk here today. I swear, I sound like there's a duck under my arm walking around the building today. I'm walking by people's offices. I sound so stupid. Like I'm, I'm avoiding going to the bathroom. I'm avoiding filling up my water bottle because I sound so stupid at work today. I've gotten some dirty looks. Uh, so, anyways, I feel a little bit like an idiot at work today. A little bit of a Tobias Fuca thing going on. Good weekend of sports. A lot of sports, a lot of teams bouncing back this week. That's what I was thinking about this afternoon, getting ready for the show. The NBA Finals had been a snoozer, and we talked about that last Thursday and Friday. Steph Curry is making this Finals entertaining, even if he has to do it all himself. And he does, and he is so far. Pivotal Game 5 tonight. I want to talk about that tonight. Brewers, look at that. Going to win yesterday after losing, I believe, eight straight. I keep being wrong about the number of games they've lost in a row, but I think their losing streak. Yes. Captain eight. If I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, and even golf was great this weekend. The Canadian open was awesome. Yeah, that's right. I watch golf now. Get on my, get on my level. I'm adding another sport into my Rolodex. So yeah, I'm elevating my game. How about, how about that? Let's talk about it. A lot of sports uh, bouncing back this weekend. A lot of teams like our brewers bouncing back this weekend. It's going to be a big part of what we talk about tonight on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show. Good day. My name is Grant Bills. I hope your week is off to an awesome start. I sound like an idiot at work. My shoes are squeaky, and I think my air conditioner might be broken, which is a little terrifying because it's supposed to be like 90 degrees tomorrow, uh, and I can't be sure that it's not working until it gets hot enough outside to be 100% sure that it's not working, and obviously if I wait until tomorrow... Then it's going to be 90 degrees in my apartment. So that's just kind of what I'm dealing with to, to get my personal problems uh, right off my chest to start the show. The Brewers uh, crossing one personal problem off their list. They ended their losing streak yesterday. That's what I want to start with tonight. We're going to talk to Ben Kenny at some point. I don't know when during tonight's show because I talked to Ben at about 3 o'clock uh, when he was done with his Bill Michaels show duties. You hear him on the Thrill Michaels show every day, Kenny and Heilprin every Thursday. And I know he is in with Ebo on over the line weekday mornings on our Madison affiliate WOZN as well. Now I recorded our conversation. We talked about golf. We talked a little bit about the Badgers and we mentioned the Brewers as well. And I told Ben, whenever there is a natural lull in tonight's show, I will play that conversation. (laughs) So if we're talking Brewers and y'all are calling in and the conversation's great and the bullets are flying, well then we'll just keep Ben on the back burner. But as soon as we have a natural lull And we've said all that needs to be said about the Brewers or the NBA finals. For example, I want to discuss the NBA finals at some point tonight and talk about what Steph Curry's doing because it's brilliant and it's single-handedly making this finals worthwhile. So we're going to talk about that at some point tonight. Whenever there's a lull, a crease in the conversation, then we'll hear from Ben Kenny who I spoke with about a half hour ago or about an hour ago at three o'clock. You can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. interact with me during the show. You can find me on the talk and text line as well. Give me a text or a call. 608 7962 558. Joey loves the Celtics money line. Joey, I think you've been betting Celtics money line following a loss for basically the whole postseason. And I have it written down somewhere. Their record after wins and after losses is gaudy. I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. They're 7 0 this postseason after a loss, they're 10 and 8 since sweeping the Brooklyn Nets in round one. So they win the games they have to, but that's about it, right? Like if the Celtics were a college student, they're getting those papers typed and finished the night before and not a single day sooner. Uh, But hey, if you get the paper turned in on time and you get a passing grade, you can pass a class. You can get your degree. The Celtics could very well get their degree. They could win the finals without ever really putting great back-to-back performances together. This finals is so interesting. It also bothers me a lot, but there's also parts that I love. It's mostly just Steph Curry and then everything else I hate. We'll talk about that at 4.30. Give me a text or a call. Uh, Schmidt on the north side with an announcement, it seems. Good afternoon, Mr. Bills. Schmidt on the north side is now Schmidt in South St. Paul. Do I have to say South St. Paul? That's kind of a mouthful, but I will. Schmidt in South St. Paul. Schmidt in SSP. We're going to work on that. That's a mouthful, Schmidt, but I got it for you. Congrats on the move. Hope it went well. Proceed. Thank you. Let's we'll start with the Brewers. I got a tweet Thursday afternoon. And the Brewers played Thursday afternoon. It was that long four-hour game that was just horrendous. It was against the Phillies. And I got a tweet after that loss that said, if the losing streak reaches 15, is that the end of Craig Council? Grant, your boy, your guy, Craig, is that is that going to do him in? And at this point, I think the losing streak had reached six. Right, So this tweeter was basically saying, 15, is that going to do in Craig Council? Which is bizarre to me. I don't know why all of you want to oust Craig Council so much, but whatever. I get the idea. It's a good thought experiment. How many games did the Brewers have to lose in a row for the Brewers to fire Craig Council? Okay. And I almost responded to this tweet on Thursday, and I said, well, they're going to win tomorrow, so who cares? Uh, <laughs> they did not win the next day. They did not win Friday. At one point on Friday night, they were down 10-3. to uh, And on Saturday, they could score just fine. The offense showed up on Saturday... Uh, they just could not get out, and they lost on Saturday 8-6. to They lost Friday night 11-5, to and then they won yesterday 4-1. to Looking around yesterday, and I'm watching the pitching, the hitting, bullpen, and I'm thinking, okay, 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 hey, we're close. All right, we're up 3 nothing. Jason Alexander got in a little bit of trouble, but a homie Milner came and Shut it down, and then we get to Josh Hader. All right, Josh Hader's looking like that blown save never happened. Here we go. We got it. Okay, we're right there. The streak is dead. We did it. And I was hanging with every word yesterday. I was listening to the game, Jeff Levering and Lane Grindle. And when they were up one nothing in the fifth, I'm like, you need to score again and again and again. And they got up 3 nothing, And I said, keep scoring like the mental health of local radio hosts in the state of Wisconsin. Like their mental health depends on it because it does. I don't know what, what the show would have been like today if the Brewers didn't get a win over the weekend. The losing streak is dead, and I want to talk about what comes next in a few minutes. Um, but first, I want to talk about this losing streak a little bit because it really is something. Baseball season is like life. It's very long, a lot of ups and downs. There's good moments and there's bad moments, right? And in life, we got to stop and smell the roses, right? So if we're going to stop and smell the the roses of the winning streaks, we should at least smell the... The flowers of the losing streaks we don't have to dwell on them but it's all part of the big picture right and it's the better uh it's the best way i should say to understanding a team and and their chances of contending at the highest level later this year it's kind of like smelling your own farts but sometimes it's necessary right if you forgot what you ate and you're like oh why do i feel so bad oh that's right it was i don't know asparagus i think that's p but you get the point right margin of defeat through eight straight losses Through eight losses, they averaged losing by 4.6 runs, which means a lot of meaningless baseball. Because at the very least, if the Brewers are down three runs in the eighth, okay, well, you get a single and a walk and then a home run. You're right there. Even if you're down four, one swing of the bat theoretically can knock it up. You just need to get a walk, maybe a single, a hit batter, all of a sudden bases are loaded. You get one lucky swing and a grand slam can tie it. Knot it up, Right. If you're losing games by four and a half runs or more, and they averaged in the streak losing by four point six runs, means there's a lot of meaningless baseball. And I think that's a lot of what we talked about last Thursday and Friday. It's like, look, we believe the Brewers will be fine, and I still believe that. Again, we'll talk about that more in a few minutes. I just don't need to watch. <laughs> I don't need to watch you work through this. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't. I don't need to get a headache watching you try to figure this out. I'm just. I'm. I'm going to look away. I'm gonna come back in a few minutes. You you tell me when you're good. You tell me when you've worked through this funk that you're in. All of a sudden, Eric Lauer can't get it out, and Josh Hader's blowing saves at the bottom of the Phillies order, right? Who are so great that they just fired their manager. You work this out, you lose games on average by four and a half runs for eight straight games, about a week and three days, about ten days. A lot of meaningless baseball. You guys figured out I'm, I'm gonna, I'm just not gonna watch. I'm gonna watch something else. So the margin defeat was bad. Runs per game. So the Brewers offense. Through eight losses, they averaged two and a half runs per game. And they scored five and six this weekend, too. Now, a couple of those runs on Friday night came in garbage time. And on six, they were playing catch up a lot of the day. But their offense, especially later on in the losing streak, started to show up. And still, that average runs per game is two and a half. That's poor. (laughs) That's really, really poor. Shutouts. These are the most painful of the losses. They were shut out seven to nothing and four to nothing last week to San Diego. Sunday, the game that went to extras, they only scored, they were only kept from being shut out in that game because Colton Wong hit two home runs. If Colton Wong doesn't hit two home runs in that game, they're shut out three days in a row. And I know what you're saying. Grant, they scored an extra innings. Yeah, but it wouldn't have gotten to extra innings if not for Colton Wong. And they probably wouldn't have scored an extra innings if that runner hadn't started at second base. So really to appreciate the full scope of how bad the Brewers were for those eight losses, especially last weekend, shut out seven to nothing, four to nothing, and then essentially shut out the next day if not for two swings of the bat from Colton Wong. Right? And the other day, I believe it was Friday, Jace Peterson had three runs on Friday night Before garbage time, and I'm counting garbage time in some of these games because once they're down seven runs, they're not facing the best possible relievers. Nobody's dialed in. So essentially, they were shut out on Friday night the way I see it, if not for a two-run home run and a sacrifice fly from Jace Peterson. So even in some of these games, they weren't shut out. One bat, one hot hitting performance was the only offense that was found, Colton Wong a week ago and Jace Peterson on Friday night. Sometimes it was just one guy. Yesterday, excluding Andrew McCutcheon in the ninth, it was all Willie Adames. It's not like the offense was punching from all places yesterday either. A tough stretch for the Brewers. Tough for pitching too. The biggest bummer of this losing streak for me, you'd hope that Burns or Lauer would be able to stop a slide like this. The nice part of having elite starting pitching is that you don't go on long losing streaks because at some point one of your stud pitchers like Burns or like Lauer... Puts their foot down and said, no, the buck stops here today with me. And Burns wasn't able to do it. Last Friday, he went three and two-thirds, eight hits, five runs. It was one of the worst starts I've ever you know, seen, at least this iteration of Burns. And then Thursday, uh, June 9th, that's 6-9. Nice. Uh, 4.1 innings pitch, three hits, one earned run against the Phillies last week. So better in that game, but still not enough distance. And the Brewers couldn't score. On the 5th. Last Sunday, Eric Lauer gave you six innings, six hits, and only one earned run. He was good, but there was no offense. And then on Saturday, when the offense showed up and the Brewers could score, they scored six runs on Saturday. Eric Lauer went five and gave up eight earned runs. This is how you know that a team is down bad. Even when the pitchers were good and Burns gave you a, a decent start and Lauer gave you a good start, those games the offense stunk. When Burns didn't show up and when Lauer didn't show up, well, now the offense wants to score, of course. Oh, now we'll put runs on the board when the game is basically unwinnable because the starting pitching was so bad. And the bullpen in the middle relief is, is so poor. Like, we're still running that Kelly guy out there. I don't, I don't need to see him anymore. <laughs> I don't need to watch that guy pitch anymore. That's how you know a team is down bad. When the pitchers were good, the offense was bad. And when the pitching was poor, the offense was great. Because, of course, scoring runs doesn't matter if your starting pitcher is going to give up eight. Or whatever they got out of the worst starts from Burns and Lauer. Now, big picture. Let's zoom out. Let's look into the future because it is still only June 13th. I know the Brewers have been playing for a couple weeks now, but it is still relatively early in the season. All, a big timestamp of the season is when we finally get the, uh, the vote imaging on Twitter. The Brewers today changing their Twitter profile picture to vote. So we're getting some all-star buzz, which signals that we're moving into kind of the next iteration of the season. So we are moving along, but it's still relatively early. Big picture, I don't know that this losing streak meant much. I saw a lot of people over the last week and some other radio people and sports folks on Twitter basically asking, did we overrate this Brewers team? Look at how bad they are. We thought they'd win 90 plus games, you know, cruise away with the division. Did we, did we overrate them? What, what was wrong? Well, the betting markets are a pretty good indicator of these types of things. Still high in the Brewers. Brewers are still minus 190 to win the division. Brewers are plus 650 to win the National League. And they're behind only the Dodgers and the Mets and the Braves. They're still in front of the Giants, the Padres, the Cardinals, the Phillies. Some of those teams just beat up on the Brewers. We're going to see the Cardinals this weekend. It might seem like the Brewers are worse than expected, and we overrated them to start the year. Well, the betting markets are pretty even-keeled, and they obviously have a pretty good handle on things. Otherwise, they wouldn't be around because they'd run out of money and they'd go under. I was looking at DraftKings today. Brewers still minus 190 to win the division. I don't think we overrated this Brewers team. Now, this streak did show us that the Brewers are capable of being very bad for a long period of time, but we saw that in the playoffs last year. The 2021 Brewers season, regular season, and postseason combined. Such a great lesson for us last year. I think it's such a great reminder to not get bent out of shape in June or even July or August or September. Never freak out in the regular season because what we saw last year is if you can just get into the playoffs – especially if you can avoid the wild card. But even if you can't avoid the wild card, you win the wild card, you buy yourself a best three out of five. You get two good pitching performances. Poof, that's it. That's all you need. That's all you need. Who cares if you lost eight in a row in June? Who cares if you won 20 in a row in July? Because when September and October rolls around, it really doesn't matter. In fact, it it, it doesn't matter at all. So who cares about this? The Brewers will win more games than they lose moving forward. Betting markets certainly would indicate that. I would think that too. They're better than the Cardinals. They're a good team. They played really bad baseball for the last week. As far as what comes next, I'm going to plant my flag on this and really hope that I'm right. I got a feeling, folks. I got a gut feeling. And when have I ever strayed you in the wrong direction other than maybe the Willie Adamas trade? That was a biggie. But other than that, like we all get a mulligan. You get a mulligan. When have I led you astray? The Brewers are about to get hotter than the sun You just watch white hot for the next 15 days. They're about to become the team that no one wants to see. Like a three-point shooter to seeing that ball go through the hoop just once. It's all they needed. They needed to see all the components work in concert yesterday. And that's what Craig Council said after the game. It was good. Everyone pitched in. Good performance from Hobie Milder in the bullpen. Josh Hader, the offense. Everyone chimed in yesterday. They saw the ball go through the net and now we're ready to go. Plus, Craig Council's Brewers have historically played up to their competition. I know we have the Mets this week. I don't care. I don't, ca- I don't care. We have the Cardinals next weekend. Bring them on. Brewers are about to get hot. Let's talk more about that. Coming up next, it's the Wisco Sports Show. Back in three minutes.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Sports show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you being here. It's like the happiest show we've done in a week. Brewers are coming off a win. They're hot. They're red hot. After yesterday, they start with the Mets tomorrow. Perry Goldstein's going to join us at some point this week. She's going to Brewers Mets on Thursday. Perry is our resident Mets fan. Meet the Mets! So we'll talk Brewers Mets. I don't know, Thursday or Friday with Perry? Somewhere in there. We'll see. Mark that down. Why don't you? Uh, While you're marking that down, also add to your planner, Ben Kenny will be here at some point tonight. He will join us. I talked to him at about three o'clock and I recorded our conversation because here's the thing. Ben's a hardworking man. He That man doesn't quit. He was doing the morning show this morning. He was doing Bill's show. I said, hey, Ben, we're supposed to talk last week. You know, any chance you'd want to hop on tonight? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know. Closer to four is better. It's been a long day. I said, no, 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 Ben. Let's do three. You let me know when you're leaving the, the studio, and I'll call you before then. Uh, and that's the one drawback. Doing a show from four to six, uh, it's at the end of people's day. They, they, you know, it's it's a tough pitch sometimes. We talked about it about three, and I recorded our conversation, and I want to play it for you at some point uh, whenever there's a lull in our conversation. That, that's when I'm going to go for it. So we've been talking about the Brewers. I want to talk about the finals here in 10 minutes or so. I'd love to talk with you. 608-796-2558. Give me a call or a text. Joey uh, says Celtics Moneyline. Joey's giving out picks. He's actually been, Joey, you've been you've been really good on Celtics money line picks. And I've always been against you because I just don't want to see the Celtics win. But let see, Joey, you are a, you're a better man than me. You bet with your head and uh, not your heart. I bet with my head too. It's just I'm not very smart when it comes to betting. Trish uh says let's see oh nothing about the brewers but i appreciate that trish thank you for reaching out 608-796-2558 again i'm on twitter at wisco grant i think the brewers are about to get red hot red hot like what they did last year once they added willie adamas that's that's what we're looking at surface of the sun hot team that no one wants to play hot and you might be thinking grant that's that's nice that's it's wishful thinking, and I and I appreciate it, and I hope it does happen. But they got the Mets this week. The Mets are the Mets are excellent, very good team, playing really well right now. They have the Reds this weekend. Now the Reds might not be a world beater, but Grant, have you looked at their record recently? They're much better now than they started the year. They're much improved. And then the Cardinals, Grant, the vaunted Cardinals, the Devil Magic Cardinals. Certainly, the Brewers can't get hot against a slate of opponents like this. Come on, Grant, you're you're doing this for. For for filler, you're doing this for content. No, I'm not. I think this team's about to get hot as the sun. You got Willie Adamas back. That's the key. Everything revolves around that. Craig also said after the game yesterday, yeah, Adamus had a big game. But that's what we expect from the guy. That's Willie Adams. That's what he does. You know, those days were coming.
3: Uh, I, th- I
0: think we knew that. You know, he has got off to a slow start since he's been back on the from the IL. But those days are coming. He's too good a hitter for them not to not to come. But you know, still, it's
2: he got two two huge hits and uh, drove in drove in three runs. And they were huge. The the weird thing with Brewers fans, I'm all for being what's the word appropriately negative, appropriately negative during a losing streak. Let's say that when you lose eight in a row, things suck. And I'm not going to blow sunshine and rainbows through this microphone just for the sake of blowing sunshine and rainbows. Although I did say during this losing streak quite a number of times, I don't think this will matter. I think it's fine. I think they're fine. I'm just not going to (laughs) watch. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not going to watch because it hurts. It's painful to watch, but I think they would be fine. Now, the weird negative thing that I heard a lot of Brewers fans say, again, I'm all for being appropriately negative. The The weird thing that I heard from Brewers fans, they're going out of their way seemingly to be negative about this. Well, they're healthy. You can't say they're hurt anymore. Everyone's healthy. Adamus and Urias are back. It's like, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. Uh, Hunter Renfro is back. Sure. Urias had been back at the time for like two days last week. Urias had just gotten back. Now he's hurt again. Although hopefully that hamstring was truly precautionary and he'll be back tomorrow. Fine, whatever. Adamas had been back for like a day. And it's funny, Adamus came back after the bye last week. Didn't he? He would have been back on, they had a bye on Monday last week, correct? So he would have been back Tuesday, Wednesday. I was watching him Thursday and he wasn't getting hits. He came up against the Phillies at the bases load in that afternoon game and he's still fighting off pitches. He was having 10 pitch at bats. I'll take that. I'll take that's competent hitting. You're up there seeing pitches, you're working the count, you're recognizing pitches and protecting the zone. Even if Adamus wasn't hitting right away when he came back, I'm like, look, why why are we being negative about this? I heard so many Brewers fans, especially last week. Well, they're healthy. That's not an excuse anymore. Rios and Adamas are back. Okay, well, they just got back. Also, still no Peralta, still no Woodruff. They're still shuffling around the deck chairs trying to make this work. Lauer's not pitching great, although he's battled through his last couple of starts. He's just got no support from any other part of the team. Burns had one bad start last week, which, of course, didn't help. And then Hayter blew a save, which he almost never does. So all of those things happening at once will play into an eight-game losing streak, certainly, absolutely, 100%. Now, Willie Adamas, producing yesterday, made a big deal. Did you happen to notice the player that he batted in in both of those RBIs? Did you happen to see? I want to triple-check to make sure, because I know off the home run, I know who he scored. In the first inning, Willie Adamas doubled the left. Tyrone Taylor scored. But then, in the fifth, the play that really, quote, cracked the game open. It was a low-scoring game. So 3-0 in a low-scoring game is certainly cracking the game open. Not in all the games we've seen in the last week, but in the context of yesterday's game, the play that cracked the game open was the Willie Adamas home run made possible by Christian Yelich, who reached with one out, or two outs, to extend the inning to give Adamas a chance. I'm not saying that Christian Yelich has been playing amazing baseball. I'm going to need to see a lot from him. To really get excited Because we've done this song and dance For like three years Where he has a great week Or he has a good game He hits a couple home runs You're like is he back I'm not I'm not doing that But out of the leadoff spot He's been more effective Let's put it that way He's been an effective player Because the hits that he Has Gotten The last couple weeks Have been singles And in the three hole I don't really need a single That's fine Like it's fine it's not really going to do much for me. In the leadoff spot, it's a lot more helpful, right? And the way in which he extended that inning to allow Adamas to come up to the plate, who then fought in an at-bat, even with two strikes to hit one out, I believe, into right field that he slapped, it. I thought it was opposite field. Right. Christian Yelich, in the way that he's playing, just makes more sense out of the leadoff spot. He's got a six-game hitting streak, too. Multiple hits in a lot of these games off of the leadoff spot. Craig Council, that's long been a, a bullet in his clip. The leadoff spot is a spot of manipulation. It's a tool that he has in his toolbox. If someone's struggling, you'll see him throw him at the leadoff spot. Remember, you used to throw Eric Thames there a lot. Yasmani Grandal would end up in the leadoff spot from time to time. right? I, and I know we wanted Christian Yelich to move down for a while. It's like, well, actually, maybe it makes more sense to move him up. Because if you're not producing in the three spot, that doesn't mean you just start automatically producing in the six or seven spot. It just means that you're, you're not actively hurting the team. If you're looking to fix a problem instead of hide it, if you're looking to make an improvement rather than to just minimize, you know, a negative effect from Yelich, move him up to the leadoff spot. And that's what Council did, but Council's a brilliant manager. Uh, they didn't bunt it all this weekend, so sorry to to that faction of Brewers fandom. Uh, the Craig Clownsell faction of Brewers fandom. But a pretty solid move, and now he's about ready to take over as the winningest manager in Brewers history, which is pretty exciting. That should happen this week. Brewers are going to get hot, win a lot of games. Let's take a break. Uh, let's hear from Ben Kenny coming up next. We'll uh, we'll put the the NBA Finals talk to the side. We'll do that later. Uh, ben Kenny joined me at three o'clock. I recorded the conversation. I'm going to play that for you coming up next. We talked golf. We talked Brewers and a little bit of Badgers and what he spoke about him and Zach with Alec Ingle last week on Kenyon Highoprint. Ben Kenny joins the Wisco Sports Show coming up next.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We're going to talk NBA Finals, more Brewers, and I have a Packers topic in my pocket, ready to go. I don't know if we're going to have time to get to it tonight. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. If not, that's fine. I would love to talk Brewers with you. I think they're about to get red hot Uh, And because no one is calling, I'm just going to assume that you all agree. So I'm glad we're on the same page. Great. We can talk more brewers after five o'clock right now. I'm going to play you a conversation that I had with Ben Kenny about an hour and a half ago. Ben's a busy guy. And I'm like, hey, let's just do it now. Give me a call before you leave the studio after Bill's show. And I'll just play it back on my show later in the evening. He was at the American Family Championship at uh, University Ridge in Madison this weekend. So that was really cool. I wanted to ask him about that. Uh, the Canadian Open and the Live and all of that going on as well. We also talked to Little Brewers and the Losing Streak. Uh, I'm going to start this interview. I forgot to, to cut the little thing off the start. You're going to hear me go, all right, here we go. Just sorry about that. I, I forgot to trim that. All right, Ben Kenny. Here we go. Ben Kenny is here. Kenny and Heilprin. You hear him on the Bill Michaels show as well. Ben, I saw you were at the AmFam Championship this weekend, University Ridge. How was that? I enjoyed your tweets, by the way, your coverage. That was nice. I enjoyed that.
0: Thank you, thank you. It was a lot of fun. It is humbling and entertaining to watch, you know, guys that good go tear up the course that I and many others play a lot. It is also depressing that they are in their 60s and sometimes older and are still that ridiculously good and in that good shape while, you know, ours is deteriorating a bit or mine definitely. So uh, it it was a lot of fun. Uh, The story you root for was... Jerry Kelly, Madison native, or Steve Stricker, also Madison native, kind of coming through at the end to win. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But the guy who won, uh, Tongchai JD, first win on the Champions Tour. He's the first guy from Thailand to ever win on the Champions Tour. So it was fun. Uh, and then you obviously had Derek Jeter and Brett Favre playing on Saturday, which, you know, a selfish view of a media member. Yeah. Didn't really care about uh, at all. I obviously had, like, it was it was part of the coverage, so I followed him a bit. I watched him play. Yeah. I don't know. I, obviously not growing up in this state, I don't have the same love for Favre that many others do. And while I love Derek Jeter and everything he, you know, means for baseball history, I, I didn't need, him, need to see him play golf.
2: <laughs> so what I was going to ask you, you didn't go up to Favre and stick a recorder in his face and ask him to cut you some liners like, hey, this is Brett Favre. You're listening to Kenny and Heilpern on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network, nothing like that.
0: No, and believe it or not, I didn't even ask him why he was playing in a charity golf outing when he has his own <laughs> charitable problems in Mississippi.
2: I feel, he's spreading himself too thin. I think that's the issue. Okay, I always see the Steve Stricker stuff. Tell me if I if I'm reading this wrong. He just seems from a distance like a perennial tease at this thing. Like he did get hot. Um, what was it, on the 14th hole, I saw your video with the fist bump and he was close, but I feel like every year we're always getting hyped about Steve Stricker and he's just never really getting close at this thing, despite it being, I don't know if it's his home course, but it's right in his backyard.
0: Yeah, he was, he almost had a, uh, a Tiger Woods price, actually, entering this, because um, he was like plus 100 or plus 120, or Something close to that. Pretty much it was like Steve Stricker wore the field. And, yeah, he hasn't won it. It's been going on since 2016. Uh, Jerry Kelly's won it twice. Stricker, though, I mean, he played great on Sunday. He shot one of the lowest rounds in the field. But he just didn't have it for some of the other days. And uh, on Friday, looked good, was near the top of the leaderboard, made a horrible double bogey on 17. And then on Saturday, just didn't have it. He didn't putt well. I remember he was also away from the game for a long time this year with uh, due to illness, and he's still recovering from it a little bit. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that he isn't in the best form, you, you know, uh, golf-wise, entering the
2: weekend. You mentioned that it was a little humbling to watch some of these guys golf who were in their 60s. I, I got to ask, if alcohol got involved, like if everyone in their little group had to, to slug back a couple of beers, do you think then you could take some of these guys with that level the playing field for you?
0: Do the beers count? Like against the strokes, do I get a stroke off for every
2: beer I drink? No, 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 no. I'm saying uh, you have to have three beers, and so does these professional golfers. So I'm thinking you can push through the beers, and, and they, would, like, they would start to struggle. No, 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 nothing with the strokes. I think it would just level the playing field.
0: No, do you know what like golfers do? They golf and drink.
2: Okay, so even professional yeah? golfers like, are used to guys- drink, drinking and golfing. I, this is another world to me.
0: Oh, even I, I'm sure even the guys that, you know, are, are fitness freaks, they, of course, everyone everyone who plays golf, I feel like, grows up playing it. And when you're not, you know, in a tournament, you're playing with your buddies, you have a couple beers.
3: Sure.
0: Not to mention, like, I, if I have to play John Daly and he's drinking, it probably makes it better. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you take his beer away and all of a sudden he starts adding on strokes. We're talking with Ben Kenny. He was at the AmFam Championship this weekend, University Ridge. You can read his coverage, com. A lot of cool pics and videos on his Twitter as well, at Uh One live question. I was going to ask you this on Thursday or Friday and we ran out of time. And actually, I- I'm glad that I'm talking about it with you now because we got to see the Canadian Open play out and we got to hear some comments from Rory, which I want to ask you about in a couple of minutes. He defended his title there. Uh, with the live, I'm assuming you were really busy at University Ridge. Did you have a chance to catch up on what happened in the live? Did you pay attention to it at all?
0: Uh, on Thursday, when it was going on, and the MFM was not, I definitely turned it on when I was here in the studio for a bit because it was on YouTube. It was really easy to just pop into. Yeah, uh, and that is also a knock I will have against it is it is so easy to turn it off is <laughs> the product is so not captivating. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was going to miss anything if I just turned it off and never went back to it. But I did keep up. I mainly kept up on Twitter. I obviously have a lot of golf people I follow, so their chatter was what carried me through it. And then I was closely following the Canadian Open because you had Rory, JT, Finau in the final group. Like, that's yeah. that's three top 15 players, absolute sticks, and... They also all delivered, like Rory shot, what, 62, JT shot 63, Fino shot 64. So uh, I was watching that as I was finishing up work at the MFM.
2: I was thinking last week about this. Um, It's funny because people are knocking the lib for only being on YouTube. And maybe at some point it was on Facebook or something. I was reading about where you'd be able to watch it. And it made me laugh because people were knocking the live for not being on broadcast TV, but for being on some of these streaming platforms. And those streaming platforms are the same streaming platforms that baseball is trying to use to grow their game. Like the live is like, okay, well, we'll start on YouTube because that's our only option. And baseball is thinking, hey, no one's watching. What if we what if we put it on YouTube? And I just thought that was really funny. I was thinking about that last week.
0: No, I think YouTube is smart. I mean, especially speaking from someone who is not near a television all the time. Like, I'm able to access all the stuff on my computer, but it's really easy to just open up YouTube on the computer and pop into something quickly. Uh, and obviously, if you get people in, then you hope to keep them. That's yeah. the Libs' problem. I would not knock them at all for being on YouTube. I think it's a really smart way to broadcast these days, especially if it's free, especially if you don't try to get people to pay first. It's just the fact that
1: when you go into that live broadcast, it's an absolute joke of a TV product. Yeah,
2: it's really flashy in color. I was looking at some pictures because I didn't watch any of it. I was in Milwaukee this weekend. I paid attention to the Canadian Open because I figured maybe we'd talk about it at some point. In the Brewers because I wanted to see if their streak would end on the NBA Finals on Friday. The Live is not something I'd catch. I'll have to try it one of these weekends. So Rory won the Canadian Open this weekend. This is the last thing I want to ask you about. And I, I didn't really know if this was going to happen, but he took some shots at Greg Norman. He took some shots at the Live. I don't know if I expected that. I didn't know if I expected high-level PGA golfers to even acknowledge the existence of this other league, but I find it very entertaining and maybe necessary. I don't know. What did you make of Rory McIlroy kind of uh, firing some shots at Greg Norman and and everyone involved after his win on Sunday?
0: Well, the whole situation was the golf gods shining down on the PGA Tour because that's pretty much the perfect script you can imagine uh, with, like, golf you know, golden boy at this point, if you will, and then uh, going up against what had gone on. The shots I found hilarious and uh, very on base, I guess is the right word. They're in a situation where Jay Monahan, the commissioner, doesn't really have the politician in him to go and go crazy at the live. He'll just try to act like it's not a real threat, which it is. Rory, you need the faces of the game then to do that. Tiger, I think, needs to come out and say some strong words about it because he—I mean—his words mean the most out of anybody. But Rory's up there; like he is the needle mover. So the the comments were great. I I thought they are positive. Obviously, the problem is that's not going to happen every week. Yeah. Like if I, I forget who was close to the top of the leaderboard, but they were like Alex Smalley. If Alex Smalley had won the tournament, then you know he's not going to say anything. He isn't really that's significant in the golfing world at this point. So uh, it all happened perfectly. I I think Rory is, you know, the perfect ambassador for the PGA Tour at this point, and they need stuff like that. The problem is I don't think it means anything Uh, because the only thing that can really stop the live at this point is the field fills up or the World Golf Rankings doesn't acknowledge them as a
2: real, you know, tournament uh, base. Then they can't play in majors. No, yeah, I Those mean, are the
0: two things So yeah, all the words won't really do the job
2: Yeah I mean it was cool at the Canadian Open Some of the big name golfers And you know three or four of the best guys in the world Coming down in a close finish And the crowd was there There was a hole called the rink Which I learned this week And I'm trying to get more into golf I, I hope it's coming through I hope some, yeah. somebody out there is noticing And it was cool And they're chanting Rory And I, I don't know That was cool for the PGA this weekend um, Ben by the way How was Alec Ingold on Thursday That was pretty cool that you guys got him on Kenny and Heilperin
0: Oh, he was really good promoting uh, a charity softball game battle for Wisconsin coming up in July between former Badger basketballers and footballers. They have like Sam Decker, Alec Ingold, obviously, Andrew Van Ginkle, who's also on the mm-hmm. Dolphins with Alec, uh, a couple former, a couple others uh, on, in both categories. It was really good. Talked some about the game, but also about like, what, what I was really curious in is when in the college football off season because it's different than every other sport, because of how much growth is taken uh, in, in the roster in terms of young players and older players, when do dudes on the roster realize that someone is, you know, becoming the guy, if mm-hmm. you will? Like when someone makes a huge jump, when do the others look at him and are like, holy crap, like he is now the dude? So we talked a lot about that, and I wanted to then flip it to have him talk about Graham Mertz and when Graham Mertz could take the step. And then he kind of said that cornerbacks, it's different. You don't really just mm. instantly take a crazy big step. It's just you know the
3: gradual development of all the insane stuff that goes into it. So it was good. That's on the podcast player and all that
0: good
2: stuff. Yeah, I'm still all in on Graham Mertz breakout season. By the way, Ben, uh, tonight's show. My big take is the <laughs> Brewers are about to get red hot. Look out, like white I hot, starting this week.
4: <laughs> and it's I,
0: I love that take. You want to know why, Grant? Why I called for this last summer. Last summer, I said Craig Council has to put Christian Yelich to lead off yeah. because the power numbers are nowhere to be seen. The only thing he's good at at this point is he he's an okay eye and he gets on base enough. Yeah. The rest of the team happens to not get on base at all. Yeah. So I wanted them to, to put him at lead off, and he finally did. And now Yelich is being a little bit productive. I kind of agree with your take. because so The pitching is okay. Yelich is fine. Everything else will you know come as a result.
2: I think it's like a three point shooter seeing the ball go through the net a couple of times. That, they just needed that. They got that yesterday. They had to win one game. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Well, when you lose eight in a row Baseball. or whatever it was, yeah, the baseball's weird. And they'll start getting a little healthier. Who knows with Brandon Woodruff, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, I'm all in. I understand the competition. I'm up against it. If I plant my flag on the hill that the Brewers are about to get hot, we have, let's see, the Mets and the Cardinals are this weekend and the Reds who've been playing much better. I got a tweet this week, out of nowhere this weekend blaming me and Bill he, I, Bill Michaels has brought up in this tweet. He said this is karma. The Brewers are losing because you and especially Bill Michaels earlier this season were making fun of the Reds. I'm like didn't they start like 3-25? and 25? What am I not, supposed to not point that out? So if it comes up with Bill, just know that I'm I, I'm getting sins hung around my neck for, for your show. So just pass that along please.
0: I take no part in the <laughs> instigation of said making fun of, but I do participate in it.
2: Oh so we, if you will, start like I, three I, I and twenty three or whatever it was, you're gonna you have to. You have to point that out. That's just nuts.
0: Yeah. Uh and I'm I I'm looking at your Twitter. I was trying to find that tweet with someone it at you. The Brewers are now what what is it, two and fourteen since so switching their rainbow Twitter hobby.
2: Yeah, yeah. And did you see they changed it today? A day after winning, they changed it to vote for the All Star Game. So one might no say way. that the Brewers went woke and they ended up going broke for however many days it was there with the <laughs> rainbow logo. I wasn't. I was gonna. I was gonna joke about that on Twitter, and then I said nah, because no one wants that. And then someone brought it up uh, organically. I don't dude. remember who it was. It was like I don't watch that team. I don't. The, the, dra- the drag show has been a big part of Twitter discourse the last two days. Yeah. I don't know. I. I've been driving a lot, so I haven't been on Twitter as much. I don't know what happened. But, yeah, the Brewers went woke, and it did not go well for them since the start of Pride Month. That's for yeah, sure. Man,
0: the Phillies won that game last Wednesday, I believe,
2: 13-2. Something like that. It was bad. If, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, yes. The Phillies the Philly did Hoffman. this to the Brewers last year, too. The Philly, I think they won four. I think they swept them in a four-game series around this time last year, too.
0: Yeah, well, no, in Philly, it was much earlier in the year. That was when the team was still good at that point.
2: Well, like a month. Like a month earlier. It was relatively early. I'm just grasping for anything to say that the Brewers are still going to be good, because if they suck, we got a long ways to football, and I, I can't talk about bunting every day, and that's what that's what it's going to become. I, I won't have it.
0: <sighs> yeah, I I really think the Brewers will be fine, and, and that isn't a really crazy take. You know what I said today, actually? Mm-hmm. I don't think they have to make any trades. I don't either. Like, yeah, bring in a reliever. But they don't need a big bat. The, the big bat isn't their problem right now. The problem is for the last two weeks, their starters have gone destroyed and hurt. Yeah,
2: Josh Hader lost one game, too. That was, people freaked out about that. It was eventually going to happen. I blame most of Brewers fans. They got a little too hot and cocky with their Twitter. And I don't believe in jinxes, but an, I think they kind of jinxed them going into that game. I was just looking at Twitter. I'm like, this ain't good. And then it didn't go well. That was um, an
0: out-of-body experience.
2: Yeah, that was bizarre. I don't
0: think I've felt like what i felt in that moment in a long time. Probably since uh, the Phillies were last in the playoffs. That's so probably like 11 years ago. That's the last time I felt like the feeling I
2: felt during that game. Yeah, well, damn it. The Brewers need to get on a hot streak. I'm going to stake a lot on this on tonight's show. Okay, Ben, hey, I appreciate the time. I know you're really busy this week. you got a lot going on, but I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on, Ben.
0: Absolutely. U.S. Open week. It's going to be a good one.
2: Woo.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show, we appreciate Ben Kenny, his excellent takes, his sharp analysis, and his really good coverage of the American Family Insurance Championship this weekend. University Ridge, so you can read his stuff. BadCitySportsZone dot Check out his Twitter at Benzie Kenny 2558 Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hello.
5: Hello. 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 Yeah, I'm interested in some information on the WIAA high school boys baseball tournaments final. Mm. Oh, oh Are the, they... the final? Yeah, but they should be this weekend. Is that correct?
2: You know what? I am the worst person in the world to ask, but I have Google right in front of me. So let's look it up. WIA state baseball. Okay. Why not? I'm not doing anything else. State baseball. Um, is there a, is there a team specifically? Anything more you could tell well, me? No, it- no, 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 don't just if they're on and if they're on television. Oh, if they're on TV, well, I should be able to help you with that. Let's see here. Um, Sports Center Rules and Regulations. It does June 14th through 16th. It's at Fox City Stadium in Grand Chute. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, so this isn't new to you. Um, purchase tickets here, tournament information. What the heck? Oh, okay, here we go. Uh, TV on the N-F-A-T-H, uh, uh, network on a link. Um, do you want me to, do you want me to text this link to you? Would that help you? No, no. Uh,
5: I, I, it used to be on, well, like, um, channel nine, uh, uh, in, uh, from lacrosse and uh, mm-hmm. like they, like they have the basketball tournament. Yeah.
2: I think whatever your W I a affiliate is. So wherever you watch state basketball or football, it'll probably be on the same channel, which I All know right, is thanks. a local. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad I could. I'm glad I could help. I appreciate the call. i anything else. Uh, I'm glad that helps. Yeah, it is on uh, WIAA-TV on the NFHS network. So check your local listings for more information on state baseball. And you know what, son of a gun? Speaking of baseball, the Brewers are about to get hot. And I would love to talk about that coming up next. I still want to talk a little bit about the finals. Game five is tonight, a pivotal game five, which is the best kind of game five. So we can talk about that coming up. And... If we need to, I got a Packers topic that I think would be pretty fun too. One hour left of the Wisco Sports Show, but first, a two minute break. Let's get a Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network update.
0: Good things. Great effort from the bullpen today. Excellent innings from everybody. Homie Milner's been outstanding here despite a bunch of losses in the stretch. He's really
1: good today and thought the key to the game, really. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills.
2: Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. Your local resource for finding state high school athletics on your television, depending on your provider. If you subscribe to some sort of, uh, what's the word? Cable cutting cable service, whether it be Hulu Live or YouTube TV, there may be certain blackout restrictions that may affect you. When trying to watch local WIAA events, check local listings for more details or contact your cable provider for more information. Or just call me, and I'll try to help you find it. Brewers are off today. What the hell else do I have to do? <laughs> 608-796-2558. Aaron in Janesville texts in. He says, hi, this is Grant. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show Helpline. How can I help you? Yeah, it's funny. Sometimes we get calls. Sometimes I get calls. And it's from somebody wanting to know which high school team plays when or, you know, when the state tournament's going to be on or what station. And it, I think it still is a thing from back in the day when radio was like, you ever heard of a full service radio station? Like, that's how it used to be. Like, back in the day, we didn't have sports stations. We had a station that would play the Brewer game. And then they'd have the news in the morning and then they'd play music in the afternoon. And you would just go to the station for everything. And now when you call the station, you get me. You get me. (laughs) So I I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, uh, but I am here for all of uh, your needs, whatever they may be. And that includes you, Aaron and Janesville. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I, I can think of a specific person who always calls in the fall every Friday night at around 530. And it's normally when I have a guest on the phone and they don't care. They keep calling. They don't get the memo after I keep hanging up on them, uh, and I and I tell them, "Yeah, the game's here. Go look." And they'll be like, "All right, thank you. Call back next week." Like maybe two. You're on the radio, man. Come on. Uh, but hey, I'm 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 glad that I'm viewed as a resource. Really, I I am office hours four to six every night. Uh, this is the Wisco Sports Show. I want to talk more about the Brewers. I just I got a feeling in my gut. Got a feeling way down and way down in my gut that the Brewers are going to get hot starting tomorrow. I know it's against the Mets and they got the Cardinals this weekend, but the Brewers have always played up to their competition under Craig Council. So I can continue to see that being, being a thing this week. I think they're going to get hot. They saw one go through the hoop yesterday. Uh, and, and I like the, I like the vibes moving forward. That's for sure. Hector is in Onalaska. Uh, Hector, how is the weather up in Onalaska today? A lot of flooding on the South side of lacrosse. Some, some crazy weather we're having, huh?
6: Yeah, very terrible. Um, I, I, Actually had my route today. I normally go to Verona, but quite a few um, sick drivers today. Wants to uh, so I had to go past the south side, uh, down thirty-five, Genoa. Oh no! Uh, that area. You had to go through yeah, the south side of
2: Lacrosse. Did you bring a boat? Yeah, because you probably needed one. A what? Did you bring a boat to get through the south side of Lacrosse down 35? Because that, I bet that entire side of town was flooded. So my um,
6: my manager, when they don't when they don't have enough drivers, they'll tack on to your route. Oh sure. So normally the route that I'm on, I would just go down 35, but because there were a number of people unavailable, um. I had to get, uh, they threw on some Baroqua and Westby uh, addresses on me. So I actually started there and then came down, uh, when I got on 35, I got on down in Genoa. So that was right. until like two or three. So thank goodness for that. But it, the rain was... Uh, yeah, I almost pulled over, but Ooh. I mean, my my dad taught me how to drive, so I don't pull over, and I always go ten over. And good, uh, yeah,
2: good. So, well, well, that that had seems, a couple seems like we've danced around enough small talk. What did you did you want to talk Brewers? Did you want to? What What do you got on your mind? A little bit of everything, I think. Um, so I heard Alan Lazard resigned. um yes.
6: with uh, Green Bay. Not that he had many options. But I wanted to ask your opinion on what the next step is. Like, do they – is this what they go with uh, now that they got Lazard? Do you see them going for another veteran? And if so, uh, would you want Cole Beasley, Julio Jones, or
2: OBJ? Okay, I would – that's a toughie. So, I actually think the Packers with their wide receivers, they're taking kind of a David Stearns approach. They're just bringing in a bunch of dudes with – the idea that if just one or two of them go well, like if Randall Cobb gives you a renaissance season or Amari Rogers busts out or Sammy Watkins is great. Like, they don't need all of these guys. They have a, a big mess of mid-level guys. It, it's very David yeah. Stearns, especially the pandemic season when they had, like, who did they bring in? Justin Smoke. Who was the utility guy from from the Devin Red Funches. Sox? Or, yeah, Devin Funches would be another one. I'm thinking Brewers. They brought in this random guy to all play Brewers. Okay. Who Who is the guy? This who is my is, first year as a Brewers fan, remember? Yeah. Do you know baseball much at all? If not, I'll just drop it. But there's a specific guy I'm trying to think of. Whatever. I'll look it up. Not I, much. I no. think the Brewers are just, they're throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall at wide receiver. And they're seeing what works. And honestly, if Tunyon comes back and is fine and Rogers and the offensive line hold up, they run the ball. I think it'll be fine. I think their offense will be okay. I, I think they're content to not sign anyone else or bring anyone else in. Gotcha.
6: And the other thing I was going to say, you, uh, when you were playing that last, um, interview back, um, they talked about Alec Ingalls and he is actually a big supporter of, um, adoption because he himself was adopted and May 10th in Madison, he is having a cruise to benefit adoption and he'll be there. You'll get to meet him, and they'll do like a. Uh, cruise um, out on the lake, dinner, all that stuff. So I'm actually looking forward to doing that. My wife and I are going to do that. I myself am also adopted, so it's very near and dear to my heart. But um, it was funny that you guys talked or brought him up in the in the interview because I literally just found out about it this weekend. So it all kind of came full circle. So that was uh, that was fun to see and um, or to hear, I guess. My last thing you. is
4: a hypothetical.
6: Okay. As, as I said, I'm, a very, I'm very new to baseball. So I was thinking, like I was looking, watching some uh, highlights and stuff of like this morning before I went to work of stupid decisions mm-hmm. in baseball. And it was an old clip of a, a Cincinnati Reds game. The batter was up. It was a full count. They had a um, runner on third and a runner on first and they're trying to bring in some runs. And the guy at first, I guess, decided to steal, uh, so he took off. They threw him out at second, and that's where the clip ended. Okay, of course, that's a dumb decision. You're trying to bat people in. So, in that situation, the batter that was at the plate, when the next inning starts, do they come up and it's a fresh count, or do they come up and it's 3-2 to still, they get one pitch, or how does that work?
2: No, that would be a a fresh count, which may or may not be dumb. I don't know how I feel about that, actually, now that you bring it up. What is it with baseball that leads us down these weird roads and appreciate the call, Hector? No, that would be a fresh count, right? I'm not drunk. That's how that works. Yeah, the guy's still at the plate, but it would be a fresh count in the next inning. I don't mind if you have a good hitter at the plate and you have two outs and a guy at first, send him. And if he gets thrown out, okay, well, then you have that good hitter like, I would say Christian Yelich, but let's say Willie Adamas is at the plate. Yelich is on first, two outs. You might as well put Yelich in motion, and they did try that on Sunday right before Adamas hit that home run. Because worse comes to worse, Yelich gets thrown out, and then you get another at-bat. Willie Adamas leading off an inning, which is more advantageous, in my opinion, than him trying to swing with two outs. And a guy only at first base, but that can produce runs as well. Hector, thank you for the call. And by the way, the player I was trying to think of was Brock Holt. Brock Holt. Did anyone have him? That would be a good uh, random brewer. A little bit too recent. We're going to talk to, hopefully, David Gasper tomorrow. The Brewers start a little bit early, so we got to find a time that works. But I already have my random brewer picked out. Brock Holt would be a good one. People forget they also had Jed Jerko and Ryan Healy. There is not a millimeter of space in my brain that is set aside for this damn pandemic season team. Arcia, Jerko, Healy, Hira, Matthias, Smoke, Sogard Urias. Actually kind of like the outfield. Braun, Lorenzo Cain, Ben Gamel, Avi Garcia, Jace Peterson, Tyrone Taylor, Christian Yelich. Logan Morrison and Daniel Vogelback in there as well. Nice. Uh, do we need more? I have more. I have the whole roster here. Uh, people forget about Eric Yardley. Actually, I do not forget. That guy sucked. And I did not enjoy watching him play. 608 796 I think the Brewers are about to get hot. They had a lot of things going against them this last week. I mean, they had good outings. Like Eric Lauer, Eric Lauer had a bad start in the last week, and he had a good start. He went on Saturday, five innings, seven hits, eight earned runs. Not great, but of course the offense showed on that game when it wasn't enough and it wouldn't matter. Now the Sunday before, six innings, six hits, only one earned run. He was good, but the offense gave him nothing other than a couple Colton Wong ding bombs. Otherwise, they were shut out. Burns much of the same. Burns last Friday, three and two-thirds innings pitched, eight hits, five earned runs. Terrible start. But then the following Thursday, he actually held his own just fine at home against the Phillies. He only went four and one-third. It was a really clunky start, but he held the Phillies to one run. Brewers were right there in that game. And of course, that was the day their offense didn't decide to show up. Brewers had a lot of bad luck over the last week. A lot of it was inflicted. Their offense was inept and they had bad starts. But it wasn't bad to the point where they should have lost that many games in a row. It was bad luck when the offense would show up, the pitching would go to hell, and vice versa, right? So I think they're about to have some good luck. Yesterday they saw one go through the net, which makes a big difference, and they play up to their competition. I think they're excited to face the Mets. I think they're excited to face the Potter or not the Potters, but the Cardinals coming up this weekend. Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. Daryl is here. What's going on, Daryl? Welcome.
4: I have two questions for you. Sure, let's shoot. Okay. Number one, you said you figure the Brewers are going to get hot. I do. Is that before July? Is that before July fourth or after July fourth?
2: I'm thinking starting tomorrow and leading up to the end of June. I think before, before July fourth. Then yeah.
4: Okay. Second, I says uh, what flavor Kool Aid are you serving?
2: <laughs> brewers flavored Kool Aid, Daryl. You're not drinking it with me. What the heck? They're due for a hot spot. Now,
4: wait
3: a
2: second.
4: The only problem I have is uh, I, I think the only uh, flavor in blue is blue raspberry, if I remember right. You don't like blue raspberry? Um, and I'll be, I'm not big on blue raspberry, but oh, uh, blue raspberry. Um, but it's, you know if that's the only flavor you're serving these days. Um, what I got. And I have to go back. I really do think that you're wrong on this. Okay. I really do. Okay. Okay? <laughs> okay. I still think the pitching is, a, is only part of the problem. Mm-hmm. The defense has, 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 has softened itself so badly that uh, um, I, it's like looking at marshmallows getting uh, roasted, um, especially on bunts, especially, you know, any time a team bunts, it's like uh, Keystone Cops playing playing out in the field. And it's really, you know, that's one thing I think council has got to take them aside and just actually get everybody on the same page, especially when it comes to all the shifting they do on the team. Uh, against batters in this league, Sure. all that stuff comes back to say, "Hey, okay, what are we doing now?" As far as this goes, I think that I think that has hurt the Brewers more than anything is not being able to prevent the bunt and and as far as it goes, uh, throwing it away. I still and you, I heard your interview and I disagree with one other thing. <laughs> I think they do need to make a trade, and Keston Hero has to be a part of that trade. Really? To be honest with you, yes, I really do. I think Keston Hero has to be part of that deal. Why? To be honest with you, defensively, he's a liability. A complete liability. If you watched one of their losses so far, he had two errors in the same game.
2: Yeah, but basically back-to-back bad throws, right, from second base? Right. Not great. He, he's
4: he's not a second baseman at, at the professional level, and, he, and I hate to say this, I still don't think he has the footwork down for being a first baseman. No, probably not. And I— and as far as it goes, he's not the, quite the target that I'd be throwing to if I was playing even in softball. No. So, that, to be honest with you, I honestly think uh, Keston Hara came, came into baseball with a great, with a great stick. Mm-hmm. That's what he was drafted for. He's, he hasn't shown that consistency of being able to adjust to pitching in the major leagues and be able to hit at the level that you know, he would have been in college. Obviously, he's suffered at least 50 points, if not worse, closer to 100 Points as far as that goes yeah. in his batting averages. So if you, if anything, I would do, I would pick, I would actually put him in part of a deal to get another infielder, and that's what I'm saying here, an infielder, so that way they would either stabilize third base, and then be able to rotate, um, Adamas, um, uh, Colton Long, and um, uh, uh, Louis Louise, over there, yeah. so that they can rotate in there as far as it goes to because Wong is getting himself hurt too much. Yeah, now,
2: well, Daryl, can we talk about well, what's the what's the deal with Wong? He's he's been bad in the field this year. He's been hurt. He has a little power, but I also don't really want power from him. I, I want a more well-rounded hitter. What's his deal? Because on the broadcast, the radio broadcast the other day, I was listening, and Yellich got another mm-hmm. hit, and and I don't know if it was Levering said like, well they're going to have a decision to make when Colton Wong comes back healthy. I'm like, the hell they are. Colton Wong can get in wherever there's room because, I, I don't know, if Yelch is sitting in the leadoff spot, I'm not rushing to stick Colton Wong back in there when he comes back.
4: I agree with you in that sense is that I think the problem is that I, I'm, I'm starting to worry that uh, um, I don't think it's his age catching up with him. I think it's the injuries upon injuries upon injuries. Sure. It's, it's it, uh, you know, uh, how do I say this? Uh whether I was running or whatever, whatever I, was, whatever sporting thing I would do, if my legs go first, mm-hmm. the rest of me followed.
1: Oh.
4: Okay, it wasn't my my heart or my head; it was my legs that would go first. I got you. so honestly, uh, I think that's where Colton Wong's biggest problem is right now. It's his legs, and as far as that goes, uh, uh, that's why he's playing second base, not third base, yeah. or any other uh, other position. That's that's the only position that he can, he doesn't have to move as extensively. As he would any other position, but but again they covered up some of his stuff. To be honest with you, with all the shifting they did.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Wong, like, so you, Wong will still make brilliant plays. Like, I, he has it in him. He also has just made some boneheaded mistakes this year. And Daryl, I gotta let you go. I just realized what time it was. I, pre- I appreciate the call. I got lost. I Daryl came and wanted to disagree today, which I like. Uh, Jared and DeForest is all about this. He said, I'm drinking the blue raspberry lemonade. Brewers are due. I I think so, too. Daryl, I don't disagree with anything you just said. Keston here is not... I mean, game game six of the World Series, if you're on the road-facing elimination or you're at home with a chance to win, you're not putting Keston here at second base. I I agree with you. Problem is, the Brewers really only have so many avenues to get contending-level offense. There's only a couple guys on this roster who are force multipliers. Yelich is one and he's not force multiplying, right? I think Adamus is one and he's good for great stretches here and there. He'll cool off a little bit, but he's still a viable, he's still a viable hitter. He'll, he'll give you good at bats when he's not hot, which is more than you can say for a lot of the guys on the roster. I, I also think Luis Urias has it. I just want him to stay healthy and stay in the lineup for a while. And then I think there's Keston Hira and Keston Hira is young. He's controllable. He's flexible maybe that's because he doesn't fit supernaturally in one position so he has to you know move around to find playing time whatever the brewers only have potential from so many guys to get force multiplying offense and i think maybe this is what we should talk about next the brewers don't need an otherworldly lineup top to bottom but at some point they're going to need one guy in the lineup that that drives the bus and here it could be one of those guys they just haven't been able to push the right buttons and he hasn't been able to get the train on the tracks and get hot consistently. So let's talk about that coming up next. We'll keep talking Brewers. It's the Wisco Sports Show. We're back in three minutes.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Sports Show, My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you hanging out. Good contributions here from Daryl Hector. And uh, well, I actually didn't catch the one guy's name. He just wanted to know where he could watch state baseball. Uh, and I did my best to help out that fella. Uh, basically comes down to wherever you watch state basketball and football. Better known as your WIAA.TV affiliate. Check local listings for more information. <laughs> 608 seven nine 2558 give me a call or a text. I'm thinking we talk a little Packers about 10 minutes and then a little NBA finals right before the show is done. right before the show is done. Right now we're talking Brewers. and I'd love for you to join me. You can find me on Twitter as well at Wisco Grant. if Twitter is your thing. You should follow me uh, because social media interaction is very important to me. My happiness is unfortunately connected to it, even though it shouldn't be. It's a whole thing. Daryl says we should trade Keston Hira. Um, I'm not opposed to that on its face. I mean, it's got to be a good deal. The Brewers need somebody in this lineup that's a force multiplier. And that's why every time I hear someone suggest like, oh, they should get Andrew Benintendi. Why? They have like four Andrew Benintendis, right? Or anytime the Brewers need a bat, will we get Moose back. What? It wasn't good enough the last time around. Why would we bring him? Like, I, We always want Mike Moustakas back. Well, Jesus Aguilar, go get him. Again, why Why is the pool of trade candidates whenever we talk about Brewers trades, why is it like three people and two of them already played here? I don't want Andrew Benintendi. We have a bunch of Andrew Benintendis. I think we have a bunch of Jesus Aguilar's as well. What's the God's honest difference between Rowdy Telez and Jesus Aguilar? Now, there was a really sharp radio host. I was listening to somebody before the season. I don't remember who it was. And it was a couple of weeks you know, before the start of the season, they're basically saying, look, Rowdy Tellez could basically be Jesus Aguilar. The, oh, wait, that was me. That's why I couldn't remember. Oh, I, was, I said it on this show. How, how can I forget? Jesus Aguilar and Rowdy Tellez are the same person, right? The Brewers have a roster full of bats that are capable of getting hot at any time. They're very fickle, right? They come and go. Luis, Luis Arias will be an on-base machine, I can't speak, for two weeks, and then he'll disappear or get hurt. Right, Willie Adamas, I give him credit. Even when he's not hot, he still goes up there and fights pitches. He sees the game well, which is more than you can say for Yelich when he's not feeling good because he's got no hope or a prayer. Same with Kestin Hira. Same with Tyrone Taylor, although I love him, and he's capable of really powering an offense when he's hot. Problem is, the Brewers have top to bottom in this batting order. They have guys who can be really, really good when they're hot. They're also really affected by bats around them. So what you'll see, it's like dominoes. When Rowdy Telez stopped producing, so did the hitter behind him and the hitter behind him and the hitter behind him. And it's infectious. It's, It's because baseball is weird, but it's also because the Brewers roster is full of hitters that are so affected by everyone around them. And we saw this in 2018, 2019, too. Well, Grant, you know, back in 19, they had... Mike Moustakis. Is Mike Moustakis that different than Willie Thomas? Because that 19 team at Orlando Arcia playing shortstop, too, and he was an offensive zero, basically. Love him, but he was an offensive zero. Right? That 2018 team basically didn't have a catch. They were rolling Eric Kratz out there. Right? Well, Mike Moustakis was on that 2018. Yeah, but they the difference between these teams and the offenses in 2018, 2019. I Yes, Manny Grandal and Omar Narvaez are, like, the same person on it now. Yosemite Grandal's a switch hitter and maybe he takes walks, but Narvaez is just as good as an offensive catcher. grandal has been horrendous this year. The batting order between the Brewers now and the Brewers in 18 and 19 are pretty damn similar. The only difference is that 18 and 19, Christian Yelich was this tinderbox in the two and the three hole that would make everyone else around him better. It's not that Yelich was driving in every run in 18 and 19 and now without that, they're hopeless. It's that all of these role players, whether it be Mustakis in 18, Lorenzo Kane, trying to think of who else is on that team that wouldn't have been on it and years you know, years later. I mean, I guess they had a Jonathan Scope for what it's worth. Jesus Aguilar early in the season was great. But then in 19, they bring back Mustakis. They had Money Grandal, right? All of these hitters were good, not great. But when you put them next to Christian Yelich and you have this, I mean, it's like having a generator in the middle of the offense, in the middle of the batting order. And Christian Yelich being elite, being an actual literal force multiplier, made life so much easier on everyone else. And now that Yelich has dropped off, you still have a batting order top to bottom of guys who are good, not great. But if one guy gets cold, so does the next, so does the next, so does the next. And in 18 and 19, that buck stopped with Christian Yelich. There's nobody to stop a bad trend or start a good one. It's very similar in a pitching staff, right? That's why you want an ace you want an ace so when the team is losing and they're reeling and they're not playing well the ace goes out there and takes the mound and says i got this i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to bring this losing streak to a screeching halt and i'm going to turn it around and get it pushed in the right direction so that when my number 2 guy number 3 guy take the mound tomorrow and the next day teams in a better spot right hitting isn't all that different right when the offense is hurting and not hitting well and nobody's feeling good You need that guy in the middle of the order to say, all right, I'll get things started. Here we go. And now if Yelich is hitting for pop and power, it makes things easier on Narvaez, Urias, Hunter Renfro, which in my opinion, for all intents and purposes with this conversation and big picture offensive conversations for the Brewers, they're the same guy, right? They're mid-level, nice offensive players. What the Brewers need is a force multiplier. That would be nice if that could be Christian Yelich. Now, if he's just a solid leadoff hitter too, I'll take it because it's better than what we've got in the last two years, but they need a dynamo in the middle of the order. Sorry, Andrew Benintendi's not that guy. Moustakis isn't that guy. You bring in Mike Moustakis, you're adding another Hunter Renfro. You're adding another Luis Urias. Yeah, Moose could have a great three weeks, but he's just as likely as everyone else who's already currently on this roster to have a trash week. And if he's got a bad week, then so does the guy behind him. Behind him. Do you get what I'm saying? The Brewers, the, the 99% is fine. What they're missing is that sharp 1% of a guy who can just hit the hell out of the baseball and uplift everyone around him. They don't have that guy right now. So if you're making a trade, you better get a guy like that. Otherwise, you're just adding more of the same. I don't need more of the same. I'll keep my prospects and take my chances with who we have rather than bringing in some redundancy. Let's go to the phones before we take a break. 608 796 Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
3: Hi, Grant. How are you? This is Ken. How are you, Grant?
2: Great. Ken, I am excellent. How are you?
3: Well, good. Yeah, I was going to tell you the softball tournaments are on Bally Sports because I just looked it up on my internet, uh, Grant.
2: Good, good. So Bally Sports, Wisconsin?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's called Bally Sports, Wisconsin. Yep.
2: I got you. That's the station that the Brewers and Bucks are on as well, correct?
3: Yeah, I heard Bill Michaels say that the 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 Valley Sports doesn't carry Brewer games. They carry the Brewer games all the time. I don't know where Bill Michaels is uh, coming from, Grant. Well,
2: you know, Bill, he'll he'll fly off the handle. He'll say some crazy things. You never you never know with Bill.
3: Yeah, because I looked it up on the Internet. They're televising all the Brewer games, so I don't know where Bill Michaels is getting his information, but it looks like he's wrong about that idea.
2: Well, Bill's a madman. I'll get on him for that. What do you think? You normally have a Packer or Brewer's take, Ken. What do you got for me today?
3: Uh, I really loved. I really love the Packers' chances. I really think our our, our rookies are going to step it up. I like our running game. I love our coach. I love our defense. They do too. And uh, I really, I also, I I, I love uh, the Brewers and Craig Counsell. He's, he's a hell of a manager. And I would just love to see. Uh, I think that Yurich is coming around now. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I said the Brewers. I said the Brewers uh, will win the World Series this year. I'm going out on a limb grant, Ooh. and uh, I'm going to go out on a limb, too, and say the Packers will win the Super Bowl. So that's my two predictions. Take it, Put that in your, money, in your pocket. And that's Smoked. what I predict now. <laughs>
2: Thanks, Ken. Have a good night. I appreciate the call. Well, God bless you. Yeah, you as well. That is Ken. So, State Softball is also on. Valley sports. Let's talk Packers. Ken set us up nicely. We'll be back in five minutes.
1: This is the Wisco sports show with Grant bills on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network.
2: Wisco sports show. I appreciate you enduring the show so far. We just keep talking Brewers. Let's not overcomplicate this. We, we, we're barely, we're very floating and keeping the show afloat as it is. Let's just stick with the Brewers until six o'clock. It's fine, it's fine. Uh, we got a call. If you're just joining us, we got a call at about four fifty-five. Somebody wanted to know where they could watch state baseball, and I looked it up. I what else am I doing? Like I'm hosting a show here, and it said, "Hey, your WIAA affiliate. That's where you can check it out." And I thought that'd be the end of it. But then Ken, I don't know if it took him a half hour to fire up his dial-up or what Ken was up to. But then he called in to also say, uh, State Softball is also on that same station. Uh, a half hour later, once we'd moved on. Thank you for the clarification, Ken. Uh, I'm not judging. Well, 608-796-2558. Aaron in Janesville says, I love Ken. Yeah, I do too. Ken's a, Ken's a great guy. We're talking Brewers offense. I just I listen to a lot of sports radio and I hear a lot of people call and tweet and text into shows say we should trade for a bat we need a need a big stick like even daryl called back near five o'clock and he said we should trade keston here keston here trade him for a for a bat somebody who can help because he's not a major league infielder i think daryl was really bothered over the last week by the defense of the team because of the three things he said one was keston here is not a major league infielder which may or may not be true and then he also says that the brewers need to uh, get better at defending the bunt. God, I should. I, is the bunt is just an idea? Is it on the payroll of the show? Because when people aren't calling to say that the Brewers should bunt, they call to say that people need to be, Brewers need to be better at defending the bunt. We just, I mean, that that it's just a Rorschach test of a sports thing. You either want the Brewers to do it more, or you want them to defend it better, whatever. We're focused. We've been talking about that. We've been talking about defense. I think if the Brewers are going to trade for another bat, something I always hear, they need to go get a bat. Andrew Benintendi is the name I hear. I don't want Andrew Benintendi. The Brewers have a bunch of Andrew Benintendis. He's just another guy. He's he's mid-tier. He's fine. He's fine. He'd be a nice bat. But what's he going to... Who's the guy that you're taking out of the lineup? They're all the same. There's so much redundancy on this team. All of these guys could get hot at any time, and all of these guys could get cold at any time. Like, Omar Narvaez was red hot, and then he got COVID. Okay, well, that's some bad luck. Hunter Renfro was really hot, and then he hurt his hammy. Colton Wong's having a dump of a year and getting hurt, so that doesn't help. Rowdy Telez was hot. Now he's cooling off a bit, which sucks. We just need a couple more big games. If you just give a couple more big games, get some all-star buzz, then as a show, we could take a victory lap on that bold prediction that we had before the season. right? Adamus, Urias, all capable of a hot stretch. Tyrone Taylor, we've seen it. The Brewers have a batting order top to bottom of guys who could be dangerous and get hot at any time, but they need a spark plug. They need someone to kick him in the pants. It's a very, it's a very, it's a very, what's the word I'm looking for? Not gullible, but if you are a young person and you're easily influenced, what's the word I'm looking for? I'd say it's a negative thing. It's on the tip of my tongue. All of these Brewers hitters are so easily swayed one way or another by the person batting in front of and behind them, right? I think the Brewers lineup this year is 99% the same as the 2018 Brewers, who we remember as this great offense. Well, let's look who the 2018 Brewers had. Okay, Jesus Aguilar, who had a much better first half than a second half. Orlando Arcia, who's maybe the greatest postseason Brewer of all time, but for the most part, an offensive net negative or a zero. Mike Moustakis, who is like every other bat that they have in the lineup right now. Nate Orf, Aaron Perez, Tyler Saladino, Jonathan Scope, Travis Shaw, sorry, Eric Sogard, Eric Thames, Jonathan VR. Well, that's nothing to write home about. In the outfield, they Ryan Braun, Lorenzo Kane, Curtis Granderson, Brett Phillips, Domingo Santana. What's the one difference between the 2018 Brewers and the 2022 Brewers? I see almost no differences other than in 2018, Christian Yelich was playing out of his mind. So Christian Yelich would get the ball rolling. Christian Yelich and and his success and his involvement and pop on offense would rub off on Mike Moustakis and Jesus Aguilar and Travis Shaw and Eric Thames, right? That would spread. It's contagious, right? Same in 2019. I don't think Yasmany Grandal is that much better or worse than Omar Narvaez. I think, again, Mike Moustakis is very similar to all the other Brewers in this lineup. They're all fine, and they're all capable of getting hot, but it's like pitching, right? You have an ace pitcher to take the mound during a losing streak and say, the buck stops here, I'm going to turn this around, right? It's the same with Christian Yelich playing like an MVP in 18 and 19. When the offense would get quiet, he would step up and he'd say, all right, I got this. And him stepping up and making some big plays would rub off on the hitters around him. There's, There's nobody rubbing off on anybody in this Brewers lineup. Pardon the weird wording there, but you get what I'm saying, right? They need one force multiplier in this lineup, and that will uplift everyone else. I don't know who it's going to be. If it's not Yelich, I mean, it's a pipe dream maybe to consider that it could still be Keston here. but that's one of the guys. There's very few guys on this team who could be force multipliers to those around them, and if you're going to trade for a bat, you need to get a guy that's good enough to make others around him better. That's not it's not Andrew Benintendi. And I swear, every time we have trade discussions about the Brewers, oh, well, we bring Moose back. Yeah, we could. But, but we have a bunch of Mike Boustakis on this team. Will you bring back Aguilar? We, you could, but I, Rowdy Telez and Aziz Aguilar are the same person. They're the same person. It's funny. We, we have trade discussions with the Brewers, and we mentioned three players, and two of them already played here. We already traded for one of them. We traded for Moose twice and then signed him back. Eric is on I-90. Eric, I swear to God, if you ask me where you can watch some sort of competition high school game on your TV, I'm hanging up on you.
5: Nope. Don't care about that at all. No,
2: good. Grant, I don't
5: even care about
2: it. Oh, good. What's going on, Eric? So, it
5: sounds like the topic is baseball. It is. And uh, I'm not a big baseball fan, but... (laughs) You, your conversation does, does keep me in the game. There was, there was a time there where I would turn off sports radio now at this time of year and
2: I'm still hanging in there. Hold on. Let me, let me go back and save what you just said. I want to play that for businesses that I want to advertise on the show. Can you say that one more time? You used to turn it off when we were talking baseball, but now you don't. Can you repeat that louder? I used
5: to, I used to turn off sports radio at this time of the year.
2: And now period. You don't. Shut it right off. And now you don't?
5: Now I don't. You're keeping me in the game.
2: Okay, good. That was clear. I, I think that's indisputable what you said. Okay, continue. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for that.
5: Now, that being said, when I go to a Brewers game, my eyeballs are telling me that it's pretty much nine guys on the field and seven of them are doing next to nothing. Okay. For the most part of the game. Pitcher's doing a little bit catchers doing a little
2: bit quite a
5: bit yeah. you got one batter out there the rest of the guys are in the dugout not doing a damn thing Mm-hmm. but when you guys talk about it on the radio there's a lot more going on
2: oh yeah yes yeah it's yes. the
5: thinking man's game isn't
2: it <laughs> yeah is that why we're talking about it it's a thing that must be it it's a right. thinking yeah. man's game you're say exa- yeah that's it that's, that's it not- you figured that's it not- out
5: yeah, that's what the—that's what a real, true baseball fans tell me. It's a thinking man's game. Well, I just a, ain't got
2: that time. There's all these unwritten rules and these. I, I think everything is connected. Like Aaron in Janesville texted back and he said, "Impressionable." So did GWP Dad. It, it's like it's like a teenager, right? You put a teenager in a in a classroom and and older kids. You're always looking at the older kids. You know how do I behave? You know if there's a father figure or a, you know a teacher in your school. You're really like you're very impressionable at a young age. I think the Brewers have a lot of impressionable bats. And when one goes cold, so does the next. So does the next. So does the next. And they don't have that one guy, like a like a lighthouse shining through the darkness to say this is the way. They don't have that one guy. They used to with Yelich, and they don't. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a lot going on in baseball, Eric. But but there is. It's it's all under the surface. It is. It's all
5: under the surface. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep educating myself on this. Um. You had a question last week. It was actually a caller who had a question last oh, week. good, last week. And I wanted to add on to that. Okay. okay? All right, the question was, if you go to a basement bar, all right, and Aaron Rodgers and Brett Farmer are sitting there, who are you going to sit down and drink with? I want to add a little bit because I just read something. Wasn't it you? Wait wait, Rodgers- wait, wait, wait. What? Weren't you the person that asked that last week? No, I didn't ask that
2: question. Somebody else asked it. I answered it. Oh, okay. Continue. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just I'm trying to remember what happened. Is this Friday or Thursday. I don't yeah, know.
5: Well, you have you have to post the podcast from last Wednesday too.
2: We forgot to do that. Yeah, I'll get I'll get on I'll get on that. Well, who would you have a beer with, Eric? Well, I already said who I'm
5: having a beer with going be Brett Favre. Yeah, you got to go back on the records. I ain't going to repeat what I said because I was over the line. Oh, I remember. So I yeah, you add- made it.
2: You made a joke about. I remember this now. Sending a picture okay, of. Yeah, I, I got you. Yep, yep. yep.
5: I, okay. So, let's let's add. So I just seen that Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers are good friends.
2: I'm sure they are.
5: All right. So, there's two people to have a drink with. It's Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. Or Brett Farm and
2: John Daly. Who are you going to sit down and drink with? Wait, wait, wait. So it's Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins, or the. So there's multiple people at each table. Um, Okay, can I? Unpopular opinion. I don't think John Daly, the whole smoke cigarette, that's, that's not appealing to me. I don't think that's funny. I think that's low hanging. I think that's gross. You think that's low hanging fruit? Well, look, I cigarettes are tasty and they're like obviously they're very addictive like every once in a while, yeah, they hit the spot, but like man, I people are like, "Oh, John Dale, it's so badass. He smoked 30 cigarettes on the course today." I'm like, "Well, what well, why? Th- that's not what we should be striving to." I weirdly, in this instance, Eric and I this might be surprising, I think I would rather have a drink with Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers than John Daly and Brett Favre. I can't well,
5: speak. That's okay. We're all entitled to drink who, who we want to drink with.
2: Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Who would you but take? Would you take John, John Daly Dan- and Favre?
5: You know, in my younger days, I would have rolled with Favre and Daly, Yes, yeah? But okay. now I'm older. I might sit down with Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins just to unfold what's really going on in their brains.
2: What would you ask Kirk Cousins? You're a Vikings fan. If you had one question you could ask him, what would it be? Why do you suck so much? <laughs> okay, well, get right to it. Yeah, no, it always time. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's simple. To the point. All right,
3: bud. We're
5: going to have to wait for some. Uh... Oh, we got, we got a finals game
2: tonight. That'll be interesting. Yeah, damn right, right we do. Darn right we do, Eric. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm hoping our Warriors pull it out.
5: You're hoping for the Warriors. I'll root for them too, but I don't like the Celtics
2: either. Good. It really ground my gears. All right, Eric, I'm, t- I'm, I'm sounding like you, you want to go somewhere, so I'll let you go. Have a good night. Yep, have a good one, bud. Bye. That's Eric on I-90. So I, when he said, a caller asked a question last week, I'm like, dude, I don't even remember what happened last week, but I do remember that conversation now. Just took a minute or two for it all to come back. This is award-winning radio today. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't know that it gets better than this. I don't think it does. Is it nuts to say that I'm dying for a call from Dave and Monona? I'd, I'd pay 20 bucks for Dave to call me right now and just t- just a- anything. I don't even care what he brings up. I just, I, I can't. Let's wrap up the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. I got like one finals take. That'll be perfect. Then we'll say goodbye. We can watch game five tonight and come back and talk about it tomorrow. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.